Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to Barbecue Nation. That is the Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in beautiful downtown Portland. Barbecue Nation is part of the Envision Radio Networks. Today, uh, we welcome back a friend of the show, and it's been about a year since he's been on, Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs and How to Barbecue Right. We welcome Malcolm, and he'll be with us in just a second. Also, we'd like to say that uh, this portion of the show is brought to you by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. And a little music today from Tom Petty. I thought, you know, Tom Petty's a Georgia boy, and Malcolm, I think, was originally from Mississippi. That's about as close as I could get last night when I was working on the script, but uh, it's it's still good. So, Malcolm, welcome, bud. What you been doing? Man, I've just been uh, enjoying our winter break, but now it's time to get back to work down here. So. And how to barbecue right. We had our first contest last weekend down on the coast, and now it's just, you know, back to making videos this week. Good for you. What, let's kind of go back and refresh everybody. I'm sure a lot of our listeners already know, you know, about your videos and killer hogs and stuff, but what really prompted you to take your barbecue uh, to the level that you're doing it now? And then also, the you know, the instruction videos with how to barbecue right and all that. I mean, that's a big leap uh, for anybody. Well, I just enjoy it, man. I'll tell you what, I've always been, uh, you know, a big fan of, of cooking, especially outdoor with live fire and doing barbecue and grilling and all that. And I've been into competition barbecue for a long time, but I've been doing the YouTube video thing for 10 years. So I guess you could say <laughs> it's it's been part of my life for the last quarter of my life. So. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun. That's that's probably the main thing behind it. I, I enjoy cooking, having fun doing it, fun competing, and, and sharing sharing my journey along the way. That's kind of the passion behind what Rochelle and I do out of Barbecue Rice, just sharing, sharing our knowledge of barbecue with everybody. Well, I was going to tell our listeners, if you've never seen one of Malcolm's videos, you need to go watch. You know, you're behind by a million and a half people or something on each one of his videos. He gets a great reception for them, but they're very good. He's very thorough. He takes it nice and easy. There's no, I don't want to say trickery, but he goes through it step by step and explains it to you in a very um, easy to understand way. And it makes it sound very simple in the way he does it is a lot of times. And uh, they're really executed well out there. So little compliment to you there, Malcolm, but your videos are really good because, man, you know, sitting in my chair, I see a lot of them, and I still go back to yours all the time. Well, thank you. You know, that's kind of our style is just like someone, our, our friends or buddies sitting there with me, and I'm explaining how to cook stuff. That's how, that's how I learned, and I think it, you know, it just translates to a lot of people. 
Um, you know, I don't try to get over anybody's head. I mean, not that I could, but yeah. you know, I don't really have a teaching background or anything. I just know, you know, it, we've kind of fell into our style by, by trial and error and explaining things the way we would explain them to our friends if they were sitting there with us. And that's kind of the approach that Rochelle takes as she captures it all on camera. Yeah. Well, they're great. And the thing I like about them too, is you kind of make the, uh, uh, I'm going to use a big word here for me, differentiation between um, what you would do competitively and what you would do for, you know, cooking for friends on a Sunday afternoon in your backyard. Um, I Sometimes I think, and I, and I really wanted to get your take on this. Sometimes I think with some of the folks that are doing videos, they don't break that out enough. You know, it, they tend to lean towards the competition side, which is great. But then when the weekend warrior at home tries to do that and is, gives his wife a bite of brisket and it's got a half an inch of rub and salt on it, it's sometimes that doesn't work out too well. No, you're exactly right. That competition barbecue, it's totally different than the, the stuff that we like to eat at home. I mean, you're, you're pretty much making one bite barbecue for judges Yep. when we're at contest because we're trying to you know, set ourselves out apart from these other guys. And it, and it kind of, like you said, it just keeps getting growing over the top and over the top, but it's one bite. It's meant for that judge to, to taste everything you're trying to do to the medium one bite. Where we're at home, we're making barbecue that you can sit down and eat and enjoy a meal of. And so that's the difference. And most of the time, it's, you know, the recipes and, in, in, uh, you know, the meat that I cook for, for just eating at home or serving to your friends and family, it's it's meant to, to let the meat shine through. Of course, we know we use different seasonings and techniques and sauces and all that good stuff. But I try to keep it on a level to where you can sit down and enjoy it. You know, you want you want to eat it, right? Not just one, just not just one bite that I'm trying to, you know, wow somebody with. Now, yeah. A lot of times it does end up wowing because the meat's, you know, barbecue is simple. You know, it's meant to be a simple food, so it's it's great on its own. Oh sure, I mean, you know, a lot of people just use salt and pepper, salt and pepper, garlic, or whatever. And like you said, the meat comes through, it, it meat shines for you and, uh, that's great. And then when you add some other rubs or seasonings or a little sauce or whatever, that just enhances it. But that's not really the point at, at the competitions. I remember Amy Mills telling me, she goes, I know when I've been to too many competitions in a row, she said, I can't and judged. She said, I can't get the rings off my fingers because my hands are so swollen. <laughs> Oh yeah, that comes from all that all that salt and all that good stuff that people are injecting that meat up with and putting on it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I've I've been on that judging side of the table. It's a lot tough, you know. It sounds like it's fun. You just get to eat all this good barbecue, man. It's a job. Yeah, it, it is. Really is to, to give everybody a fair shake and a trial. Of that stuff you can imagine how you feel when it's all said and done. I the, the I've not done too many of them, but I've done as a guest judge, celebrity judge, whatever you want to call it. And at the end of the day, I feel like somebody ought to put me in a wheelbarrow and just roll me to my car and kind of push me in and say, "Okay, go home, Jeff." You know. You know, we end we end up having just to, to, to go on salads for a couple of days. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> You're so sick of me. <laughs> yep. 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 So um, we got about. Uh, oh, a couple minutes here before we got to go to break, Malcolm. When you're testing something, you've got an idea. You're going to change something, uh, whether it's a rub or a spice or a timing. 
that you're going to cook on something in there. I know they're all different, but kind of walk us through that process, would you, of how Malcolm looks at something and goes, I've got an idea, boom, and we're going to try it. So how do, how do you do that? Well, I've kind of got myself in the habit over the years of making notes. And, I, you know, I stick to my notes. When I think of an idea or something that I want to change or work on, I'll, I'll just it could be as simple as opening up the notes on my cell phone and jotting it down. And that way it gives me a reference point to go back to and test it out. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I do a, a ton of cooking, so I'm always experimenting and trying new things. And, and I stay in other people's cookbooks and just trying to, you know, learn, you know, how to, how to cook better at home. Sure. And so, it, it, you know, it, it, it's not really a complicated process. I guess a lot of it's just trial and error and having fun with it. The great thing about this, most of the stuff, that that I'm cooking, you know, we get to try and enjoy, and I get to test it out on my on my family and on my friends. Oh yeah, you get a lot of good feedback. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when I'm messing around with stuff, I'll come in and and um, our our daughter is, you know, gone to college, moved on, and all that stuff. But even she makes seems to make it home on the weekends when I'm when I'm fussing around with the barbecues, and uh, but my wife, who's probably my biggest critic is she's got a very different palate than other people. And she'll say, that's really good or too salty or, you know, whatever like that. So I've got my own in-house critics brigade, if you will. (laughs) I don't know what Rochelle does for you, but I know what my wife does for me. Oh, yeah. Rochelle, she's an excellent cook in her own right. So she doesn't let anything slip by and she doesn't hold punches. So if I do something and it doesn't turn out, you know, good, she's going to let me know quick. You know, I, I get that all the time. But where we live here in, in North Mississippi, man, I'm surrounded by great barbecue cooks. So that was kind of, you know, part of what, what made me a better cook was cooking against these guys all the time, every weekend. And so when we bounce stuff off each other, and that's the great thing about barbecues, and everybody, you know, we're, we're all friends until it's right before turn-in time. And then after that, we try each other's stuff. and. And even if it's just, you know, food we're cooking around the house, people are always popping in or we're going and have different, you know, meetups at other people's houses sure. and working on recipes and things. And that's what that's what makes it fun to me. It's barbecue so communal. I mean, it's, that's what it's about. Absolutely. We're talking with Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs. Before we go to break really quickly, Malcolm and I will be back in a couple of minutes. But I wanted to share with you a little news that I found kind of interesting, if I can find it. There you go. It seems border agents seized nearly 10 tons of prohibited meat from China at California ports in Los Angeles and Long Beach. This was last week. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol Agency, the CBP, uh, intercepted 19,550 pounds of prohibited meat such as pork, chicken, beef and duck en route from China. According to the CBP, 834 cartons of meat were mixed in with boxes of headphones, door locks, kitchenware, LCD tablets, and other household products. All the products lacked the required USDA entry documentation in the first five months of the year 2020, which is just going by rapidly. The interception of prohibited meats from China at Los Angeles Long Beach seaports has increased by 70% compared to last year. Our close collaboration with USDA strategic partners has resulted in an increased number of prohibited food product interceptions in a relatively short period of time, said CB, said CB, said CBP Director LA Field Operations Head Carlos Martel. 
We're going to take a break. We're going to be back in just a few minutes with more of Barbecue Nation. And you're going to love it. I promise. She's a good girl. Loves her mom. Loves Jesus. In America, too. She's a good girl. It's crazy about Elvis. Loves horses. And her boyfriend too And it's a long Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Today we are talking with Malcolm Reed, and we'll get with Malcolm in just a second here. Um, want to say if you want to email us, it's barbecue bbq at salempdx.com. Also, you can check out our uh, whole archive of shows uh, that's on SoundCloud and it's on a lot of other platforms too, but SoundCloud is the, probably the main one. And you just go barbecue nation JT. We're on Facebook, barbecue nation JT. Uh, I have my own Twitter account, and the show does too, the separate ones, but mine is cowcook57. And uh, the other one is Barbecue Nation. Let's go back now and talk with Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs and Barbecue. How to Barbecue Right? What What have you got? Like a hundred million views now, Malcolm, or something like that? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. It's way. It probably is getting up close to a hundred million. That's crazy when you think about it. But over ten years, I think I'm approaching five hundred videos or something like that on uploaded and yeah i mean it's you know my next target is trying to get a million subscribers that's what we're working on now we, we hit the eight hundred thousand mark and we're slowly chugging along just you know trying to put out quality content and, and hopefully people keep watching and subscribing <laughs> well yeah that's good i mean we uh we've been doing this show now for i don't know three years something four years i guess and <clears throat> We just broke uh, 123,000 in listens and downloads. That's on SoundCloud. I haven't added up all the other platforms we're on. So we're probably getting to 250,000 listens if I add everything up, which isn't bad. You know, it gets there. Oh, yeah. No, that's fantastic. You know, we'll do that. So what is, what, tell us what you've learned, like, in the last year since I've talked to you. Because I know that when you're working and you're doing your videos, you can go back and look at a video from you know, eight years ago to see one that you're just doing now. And there's little subtle changes that you've done um, in the actual cooking and prepping. So give our listeners a little insight as to what are a couple of things you've learned the last two or three years? Well, I mean, for me, the main thing, I guess, is just that preparation is key. Um, you know, especially that we're trying to capture a lot of the stuff that I cook. We have to, you know, I have to really plan out the recipe, I have to plan out, um, what how, you know, how we're going to capture that and and make it towards presentable for you know for somebody else to recreate it. That's the big thing. So a lot of it takes takes testing, making sure that the recipe is good, but you know it meets our standards. And then it takes you know preparation for film day and and a lot of it. A lot of what we do is just me being comfortable, um, you know, 
knocking them on head and just and being myself <laughs> when we're when we're cooking. That's probably the hardest part because you know if something doesn't go right, you get you get a little flustered or there's all kinds of things that can throw you off. And you know we we don't have a lot of time to do our videos. We try to do like a one week uh, turnaround on them. So we're sure. you know, a lot of times we're filming on Monday or Tuesday and shell spending. The you know Wednesday editing and then we're trying to get it uploaded on Thursday for release. So we have you know we have a pretty tight schedule. So there's not a whole lot of room for error. But you know I mean the, I guess the biggest thing I learned is just being more comfortable and and uh, you know learning how to be prepared and and really practice and set everything up to where you know the recipe works. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it is a learning process. I've I've done a lot of television over the years live, and you have like six minutes. And so you've got to have your before, middle, and after, you know, after for the hero shots and the whoever's working with you takes a bite and goes, ooh, that's great. <clears throat> but like you said, it's it's the prep work and making sure the recipe works because I certainly don't want to, like, go on TV here in Portland and, you know, give somebody or 40,000 people that are watching, literally give them a, a bum recipe. That doesn't work at all. <laughs> You know, I have nightmares about it. <laughs> all about my recipes not working. That's probably one of the biggest fears you can have. You know, something you give somebody something and they try it and they say, "Man, this is this is horrible." You know. <laughs> yeah. But fortunately, we you know we don't have we don't have many of those. I mean, of course, there's going to be things that just don't work, but um, majority of the time it turns out pretty well. <laughs> oh yeah, no, and it, it it does. But I have nightmares about that too because. Every once in a while, I'll get an email after I do a show, and they'll say, um, I missed a step. Not that I missed a step. They took the recipe and are trying to do it at home. And somehow, what I conveyed while I was talking was not what came out on the printed version that they downloaded or something, you know. So then you got to figure out what step they missed. So that's that's always fun. You can make oh yeah you can I, make a I lot of friends of or enemies. Of those yeah, I get a ton of those questions. <laughs> yeah, you get the you get the, you know you're on the line right then, man. Because if you can't help them, they don't they don't like think you're very cool. If you can't help them, then you can be a hero. That's the only thing I can say about that. Oh uh, no, you're exactly right. It's it's tough. It's tough. Have you changed um, anything, Malcolm? At your thought process, your Something that when you started, you you didn't like to do, like, I'm just going to make something up. So I'll just give you an example. Maybe you didn't like to inject with pineapple juice or apple juice or something. But then over the years, you kind of saw the value in it and you've changed. Have you have you made those types of changes? Well, I don't know if there's anything super drastic that I've changed like that. If, if anything, it's probably... Um, letting whatever I cook rest for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a hard thing to do after you cook some, especially some barbecue that you cooked. You know, it's something you spent hours and hours and hours on. When it gets, when you, you get to the point, it, it, you want it to get done. You're ready to try. <laughs> but for us to sit back and, and and to stop and just to let it hang out, you'll you'll hear me just say, let it hang out. And, and I always say, you know, the hardest thing for me to do. The easy part's the cooking. The hardest part's letting it hang out. Yeah, ready. Yeah, because I'm ready to dive into it. And I've, you know, I've, I've kind of over the over the years, I've noticed this stuff turns out a little bit better if I give it a little bit of a rest. And it's not, you know, I'm 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 not just saying you know it's important to let your ribeye steak rest for seven minutes when it comes off the grill. I'm just talking about in general. Um, you know, if you just take a step back, let things calm down, and to me, it just it makes it better. It really does. 
you know, my dad couldn't cook, but he gave me that same advice. Um, he wasn't talking about cooking though. He goes, sometimes you just need to let things, he used the term settle down. You just got to calm down, settle down a little bit, give it a minute. It'll work out. And whenever that pops into my head and I'm doing it, especially when I'm cooking, just like what you just said, it works better. Well, I found that it lets me taste stuff better. You know, I get a predetermined thing of what I think it's going to be like, but if I take a step back, kind of calm down for a minute, and then I go in it with, you know, the mindset I want to taste, I want to taste this recipe now. That's where I can see if the flavors are coming through that I want, if there's anything I might adjust. And so, you know, a lot of that, lot of that helps. Absolutely. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Malcolm Reed, Killer Hogs, and Barbecue Right Video Sensation. Uh, you ever been called a sensation before, Malcolm? <laughs> I don't think I've ever been called a sensation. Okay, well, you're a sensation <laughs> now. But we'll be back here on, on uh, Barbecue Nation in just a minute on the Vision Radio Network. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and today we are talking with Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs and how to barbecue right. And again, I will recommend if you've never seen one of Malcolm's videos, go on YouTube, just either type in Malcolm Reed or how to barbecue right. And there's a list of them a mile long and all of them are worthwhile for you to watch and get the information from Malcolm. Uh, it's true. Um, also, this part of uh, Barbecue Nation is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. And just like your grandpa used to raise, that's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Also, um, you can check us out on SoundCloud. That's Barbecue Nation with JT. And the email again is barbecue. That's bbq at salempdx.com. So there you go. There's all that stuff. <clears throat> Rochelle has got to be a super warrior to stick around and watch you do all this stuff, buddy. <laughs> she's, she's really special. I mean, she puts up with a lot. And she, I, you know, I, of course, I'm just kind of the cook. That's that's what I do best. Everything else, she, she makes me look really good out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but uh huh. But you know, together we're a pretty good team. You know, we we work well together because I mean, you know, if if you're working with your spouse, that, that's tough. But especially doing what we're doing, you can you can imagine you got to have a great relationship. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. That's all I'm going to say, because my wife does listen to the show occasionally. So um, I'm going to agree with you. Do you remember the first competition you went to and how it turned out for you? Oh, yeah, I do. And this was probably when I was, wow, still in high school. There was a, that's really what got me into the whole barbecue <clears throat> competitive thing. We had a, um, a a buddy that his dad had a barbecue team, and we always grew up around this little contest. He asked us, I guess some of his friends or whoever teammates, didn't want to do it anymore and he still wanted to cook so he asked us if we wanted to come and hang out and you know help him cook at, at South Haven Spring Fest and this was man I guess it was in early 90s maybe something like that yeah. and it was you know it's been a long time ago but that contest we I remember being <clears throat> we, I didn't know anything about competition barbecue and we saw all these teams that had their trophies set up and their big rigs and we had 
cooking with us. And we, so we went back home. We brought our baseball trophies and football trophies and all the trophies <laughs> we had. And we set up a table with all our trophies. And, yeah, we clicked in the contest and just knew that we had, you know, we're going to win it. I'm sure I never saw the scores, but I'm sure we were all at the very bottom. But it was one of those things where it was just, the, it was, it was, it was just fun. It was exciting to us. We were young, and so we decided to, you know, keep going at it. And then, of course, it, it was a small contest at first around where we lived. And as the years went on, me and my brother Waylon, who was the other half of Killer Halls, with me, um, we kind of took it more serious and. We finally got a call. I think our first call was probably in red beans and rice or some ancillary contest at a barbecue contest. Sure. And once we got once we got that one, you know, we, we were hooked. And I remember when we got our first rib call, you know, we got a rib trophy. And we thought we had it all figured out. And uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars later, and I don't have any hours and, and heartaches and tears and all that that goes with it. Here we are. <laughs> it's Still chasing it. I mean, it's like, it's like a bad drug, man. You get hooked on it and you just keep chasing it. Yeah, well, there's no getting out. That that's the thing. There's just no getting out. I mean, even if you take a breather for a while, uh, I talked to a guy not long ago that he had gotten away from competitive barbecue and for well, I don't know ten years, something like that, since the early two thousands, and then all of a sudden he came back, and it's like, yeah, you just took a long nap, man, but you still woke up and went right back into the game. <laughs> Well, that's right. It kind of reminds me of that, what's the Hotel California. You can check out, but you can never leave. Yep, that's <laughs> it. Some of that feel to it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. it. So how how has your equipment improved since your first competition? Oh, <laughs> well, that's a laughing matter there. I mean, we, you know, we, we had the old, you know, homemade jobs where they were like barrels, you know, cut in half. Oh, yeah. On their side. And, and there's a couple of years we had some old iron bathtubs that we had welded together and you know you had what you could afford back then sure and then as the years went on you know got a little money and got real jobs and bought more equipment and man there's you know through the through the course of the years the way the way i've seen my you know our stuff change it's it's incredible what do you use now actually when you're out there at a at a event uh, most of the time we're cooking on old hickory pits yeah we have an old hickory cto on our Barbecue trailer. I still take a, um, you know, one of these ugly drum smokers with me too. I just love the flavor off one. That's our typical ones. Now, when we're doing these steak contests, we take uh, PK grills with grill grates, of course. Give us those beautiful grill marks. Sure. I have a jambo that I, you know, I can hook up to my truck and pull behind me. It's more of a traditional stick burner pit. And I've, you know, I've, I've got a small smoker problem. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you watch my stuff very often, you'll see. Yeah. Out my <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of do too. Not as many as you, but I, I do have kind of one. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking, and I, maybe I told you this before, but uh, I still have the very first offset stick burner that I bought $150, actually $149.95 at Home Depot back in the nineties somewhere and I still have it and I still drag it out and people who listen to the show have heard me say that before, but I drag it out once or twice a year just to make kind of burn the cobwebs out of it and stuff. And it still does great. It still does super, especially with like, you know, up here we have a lot of seafood. So I do, you know, like smoked salmon fillets or something on it. Yeah. It's terrific. 
It's the best 150 bucks I ever spent, I think. You know, that's what's great about barbecue. You don't have to have fancy equipment. You can, as long as you learn, you know, learn to cook, learn to maintain your fire and what you have, you can turn out some outstanding food. Yeah. You know, that's part of the beauty of it. And a lot, you know, a lot of people get caught up. Well, I got to have a certain pit or, you know, cook a certain way. That's not really the case. And even with your seasonings and everything you use, it's, it's, it's all about technique and learning how to maintain a fire and learning when meat's done and, and patience. I mean, that's that's, yeah. that's the the best thing that I can pass on to people. You know, learn, once you learn how to do those those things, you can turn out some outstanding barbecue. You know, there's a big deal, and I know you you sell your own rubs and spices and stuff, and I think that's great. Uh, a lot of people are getting into that business, and and I certainly understand that. But what to you goes into um, putting together a rub or a seasoning mixture, whatever you want to call it? that makes it good, makes it worth purchasing for, you know, the civilian population, so to speak. How, what's the care process you go through in that? Well, I think the biggest part of it is trial and error. Before, you know, before I've bottled anything, I've spent countless dollars and countless hours perfecting it and trying it on different, you know, different meats and stuff. And each one of them has their own purpose. Um, but, you know, a lot goes into it because you can't, I mean, just because you have a recipe for something and you can make it at home doesn't mean that it can be bottled and mass produced. That's a whole other animal. Right. Working with, you know, working with the co-packer that can actually blend it to your specifications and have it turn out exactly how you want it. And then, you know, getting, getting the label and everything right on it. And then actually being able to sell it once you get it, that's, you know, that's another challenge because there's, I mean, I would, I would say thousands of, of great products out there on the market. And there's a lot of them that I've never heard of mm-hmm. that are, you know, just wonderful products. I mean, all of them have the same, you know, base thing. They're great on meat and stuff, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, there is. I, I did my own back in the nineties also, and I got out of it because I was going in a different direction. I didn't have time to manage it and all that stuff, but, um, the reason I did it and got started with never thinking about putting it on the market or anything at that point was I couldn't find the combination of, of spices, if you will, that I liked. I had it in my head, but I couldn't find a pre-bottled one that was there that I liked. So I made my own, you know, and, and like you said, it took a lot of time, a lot of, experimentation and that I turned uh, the test kit or turned our kitchen at the ranch into a laboratory for a couple of weeks uh, on the first batch, which was not appreciated by everybody else that lived in the house, but I got it done. So uh, I feel for you. Uh, if you're, I don't feel for Malcolm because I know he don't knows what he's doing, but yeah, I feel for you. If you're listening to the show and you think, well, I'm going to go out and mix this and I'm going to mass produce this. That's a tough job. It is. It, it is. It's a tough market too. There's, a, you know, it, it's it's really tough. I mean, there's there's a you know so many great ones out there. That's that's our biggest thing. Your brand is kind of you and how you represent it. That's what that's what'll actually sell it for you. You know, if you, you've got to be able to put in the work and the time and the hours, if you're going to sell it, because there's kind of great recipes out there for seasonings, and I've you know I've got some that I never would bottle. Yeah, I still make this day. It's just you know, some some of my favorite ones, but 
there's a you know there's a lot goes into it (laughs) oh absolutely uh we're going to take a break we're going to come back and wrap up the show with malcolm reed and malcolm is going to stick around for the after hours that's the fun part before we head out to break i wanted to kind of tell you something i learned from my mom you know all my years of growing up like we all did my mom would say certain things to me and she really taught me about a number of things she taught me about religion for example where she would say, you better pray that will come out of the carpet. Or she taught me about foresight. Um, She would say stuff like, make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. And she also taught me about the science of osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. Or stamina. That was one of my favorites. You sit there until all that spinach is gone. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that one. And my mother taught me how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you will never grow up. Well, that didn't work. And finally, my mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. Well, we're not going to take you out anywhere but a break, but we'll be back on Barbecue Nation right after this. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to barbecue nation i'm jt along with malcolm reed today from killer hogs and how to barbecue right uh, Malcolm, as I said, is going to stick around for the after hour show, which you can only get online. Um, that's where we just kind of freewheel and talk about stuff and you don't, we don't have any commercial interruptions. We'll do that. And, uh, it's, it's kind of fun. It is kind of fun. Where do you see yourself, Malcolm, five years from now? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to plan down the road with what we're doing, man. I would, I would like to say we're going to continue, you know, making videos and <clears throat> sharing our barbecue journey with everybody. I mean, we, we don't have any, you know, any idea of stopping doing what we're doing. But, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to – one of these days I'm going to win Memphis in May. That's, <laughs> there you go. That's, that's something I have to do with. Hopefully it will happen within the next five years. And then I put, then the Royals also on my list. So, you know, I've got, you know, I've got a pretty big – bucket list of dreams that I'm chasing still and but you know we're, we're going to keep on you know making making videos and and trying different forms you know not just not just instructional videos on how to cook stuff we've got some other things Shell and I started a podcast and we, we're having a lot of fun with that it's kind of an inside and what we do behind the scenes sure and then you know we're, we're we're in the works of you know our own production company putting it together and having film crew and and just you know, kind of taking more of a uh, management approach and helping other people out, things like that, and, and you know, in the video realm. So we've got we've got some goals and some some dreams we're working towards. Now you're working with Meathead at Amazing Ribs, aren't you? Doing some stuff. Yeah. Well, we, we you know, um, I'm, he's having a big meetup, and I think it's in July, end of July here in Memphis. And he right. asked me if I wanted to come on board, and you know, and and talk about Memphis style barbecue things like that there so i'm looking forward to that also i'm gonna try out some of his recipes and then uh see how see how they turn out for me 
So sure, he, he, you know, he, that's kind of what we got going on. And actually, this week I'm releasing one of his that that I did for a Chicago Italian beef sandwich. So and it turned out phenomenal. <laughs> the show's almost ready to do the video. Hopefully, it'll be live here, you know, in the next few hours on YouTube. So. Oh, great. I'm going to check that out because <clears throat> he and I are doing some stuff together and I love to needle him, give him a hard time. So I'm going to tell him that you said his sandwich wasn't worth a damn and then, <laughs> and then see what he says. So <laughs> I think he knows better than that. Man. Oh, he's I'm, got a, I'm sure he's he does. Got a, a vast amount of barbecue knowledge on amazingribs.com and there's some you know, great people there in his forum. And I mean, it's, you know, it's a bunch of good, a bunch of good barbecue folks. Yeah, absolutely. Do you get a chance to do much with seafood where you live? Um, occasionally. I mean, that's not one of my, you know, I've got some recipes that I do. I mean, you know, but we're not, Memphis isn't a real big seafood town. Right. We're more of a pork town. So, but I mean, I do love some seafood. I try to try to get down to the coast and go fishing at least once a year. And I usually bring back some redfish or red snapper or cobia mm. or something like uh-huh. that. And some of the different species that we like to eat and, course you know shrimp's a big thing so i do you know when when you say seafood i'm mainly thinking shrimp (laughs) yeah yeah well that's kind of what we are too i mean we get we have lots of fish up here in the northwest of course we're you know we have salmon and halibut and sole and all that stuff but i'm i'm still a shrimp and crab guy that's that's kind of me but uh so a lot of my recipes if you ever see me on tv and stuff they'll have shrimp or crab or something in it you know it may be uh, angel food cake, but it may be stuffed with Dungeness crab. You just never know what I'm going to come up with. There's nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> if you had a piece of advice to give people, um, just getting into it, maybe not even the competition level, just getting into to to barbecue, you know, to be the weekend warrior on the deck or the balcony or the back porch or wherever it is, what would you tell them? I mean, I would, I would just say, just keep smoking. And I, that's what, you know, whenever I write a note or to someone or, or you know, someone asks me something like that, that's what I always tell them. Don't let any anything discourage you. Everything's not going to be great, but if you just keep the smoke rolling and, you know, if you've got a passion for it, you just want to create some good food. I mean, just get out there and, and do it. There's no wrong way to barbecue. And we say, you know, how to barbecue right. It's, it's not that my way is the only way. It's just right. the only wrong way is not to do it. So. So I don't, you know, don't let anybody hold you back or, or anything else. Just because you don't have the, you know, the fanciest equipment or, or the most expensive cuts of meat. That's, that's not what barbecue is. Barbecue is about, you know, taking, taking an electric cut of meat, turning it into something fantastic and sharing it with people. Absolutely. So that's, that's, very, that's the best advice I could give. Well, that's very well said, Malcolm. Um, and I think that's so true because, you know, historically, and we've just got about 20 seconds left here, so I'm sorry about that. But historically, you know, they, they over direct fired, slow roasted meats and that type of thing. Cause back when they started this thing, they didn't know what a filet or a brisket or, you know, a tri tip was. We've advanced a little bit for mankind, I guess. But I just, I just want people to have fun and enjoy the food. That's absolutely. I mean, that's what it's all about. It really is. It's about having a good time, enjoying it, and and sharing with other people. Uh, Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs and How to Barbecue Right. You can find him all over the web. Uh, and he does have, he said a minute ago, he's got a new video coming out this week. 
that he did some work with um, Meathead from Amazing Ribs. Thank you, buddy. Now you're going to stick around for after hours. Before we head out for the weekend, so to speak, a uh, little news item for you. Delta and American Airlines in the United States, KLM and EasyJet in Europe, and Virgin Australia in Asia had have limited drink menus to water only on many flights in order to minimize contact between staff and guests. Delta Airlines is not serving alcohol on domestic flights or in the Americas, but beer and wine and spirits are still offered on the international flights. Got to let them go to sleep, you know. American Airlines is limiting food and drink service in the main cabin, according to the flight length and destination. Uh, you got to check your specific flight details on that. Virgin Australia is offering guests water and a snack, but no more food and drinks are available to purchase on board. As always, airline travelers are permitted to carry up to 3.4 ounces of alcohol. That's two minis if you don't know what that is. And a clear quart size zip top bag, like give them a piece of celery. Um, also, critically endangered European eels in Anguilla uh are bred in the atlantic ocean near spain and portugal then released into the expansive saragossa sea to reproduce however however approximately 25 percent of the eel population is intercepted by eel traffickers i didn't know there was such a thing for the black market which nets up to uh in pounds 2.5 billions worth of eels each year from 200 and from 2015 to 2017 one smuggler alone carried 6.5 tons of baby eels uh into the uk for sale traffickers masked as tourists often pack water-filled bags with of eels in suitcases from flights from um do that again traffickers mask as tourists often pack water-filled bags of eels in suitcases on flights to Hong Kong trafficking hub with an estimated 900 aquaculture farms that shepherd the eels to the dinner tables throughout Southeast Asia. There you go. That's it this week for Barbecue Nation. We're going to wrap this up. We'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. Hope you have a great week, everybody. Have a great 4th of July. Take care. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.